0: On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you have made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through your mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage? and the people plot in vain. The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers gather together against the Lord, against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke of the word of God boldly.
1: Amen, well, uh, as Andy said, we're looking at the word "or" this morning and we're looking at perhaps how it's become slightly hijacked in our culture and in our language. As Andy said, and others would echo that, everything is not awesome. We know that in the Christian life. We know that in life, that everything is not awesome. And yet we use that word, and I'd be guilty of this. I'm sure we all are at certain times. You know, I saw an awesome film, went on an awesome walk, went to an awesome match. And we we just, it's become very much embedded in our language and in our culture. But when the Bible speaks of awe, as we've just heard in the passage that Tom read, it's something way, way bigger something tremulous, something transcendent, something that actually the apostles here with Peter and John were filled with awe so much that this believer's prayer comes from a place of deep reverence and magnifying who God is. And I've chosen this picture um, because there's a little boy looking out at a sunset. And uh, when I see the beauty of creation, uh, maybe not the villa ground, but other things, do fill me with absolute awe at the majesty of who God is. When we were talking about our views, man, was Mount Sinai. Uh, When we um, went on uh, the the desert pilgrimage, we crossed the desert, and we finally, our goal was to reach Mount Sinai. And we took communion as the sun rose uh, on the Sunday morning, and just took communion together and watched the sun come up on Mount Sinai. And uh, I I was truly lost for words, and that doesn't often happen. So it was just that sense of absolute awe and wonder. And awe, in its true, Sense in the dictionary definition, it's called an overwhelming feeling of reverence, an admiration, even a fear produced by that which is grand, that which is sublime, that which is extremely powerful, in awe of God or in awe of a person. And the Bible tells us it's okay to be in awe of God. In fact, when we meet with God, when we worship Him as we are doing and as we have done already, there's a sense of awe in who God is. But also, there is, I think, a tendency, and I would be guilty of this, in making him Almighty God rather than Almighty God. That's not my expression, by the way, in case you're thinking, oh, that's good. I think it was Gerard Kelly that said that. But but Almighty or Almighty. Because in a sense, he's both. He's given us friendship, we know that through Jesus, but he is the God who breathes everything into being and takes life that's the God who who we worship he is the God who is in charge of this world he hasn't taken his hands off it, even when we look at things and we think what is going on in our world he is in control and it's hard to think that it was hard for Peter and John to think that wasn't it you know when we join this passage things had gone not particularly well for them they'd seen a man healed we hear the man was over 40 years old and he had been healed and the disciples they were they were brought together and Peter and John were told be quiet, stop talking about the awesomeness of God, stop it because it's causing a rumble, it's causing a disturbance and they were repressed and all through history people have been trying to repress the message of God, people have been trying to put out the light with the darkness and even over Easter time we think of the time when Jesus died, I love the fact that actually when Jesus died creation rumbled, that actually the curtain in the temple that actually was to protect man from the holy place, it was torn in two. And only the high priest before then was allowed through the curtain. But in Christ, we have a way into the awesomeness of God, into the presence of God. In the book of Exodus, chapter 33, you can turn to it if you want to, but Moses says, I want to meet with you face to face. I want to see your glory face to face. And God says, you you can't, you'd die. That's how amazing I am. He says, you can see the back of me as I pass by, the outskirts, it says in some translations, but you can't see the whole of me. And that's true for us. We're only skating the surface sometimes in our worship of all that God is. And sometimes we make him too matey. You know, we come here, it's difficult. It's a school hall. You know, we don't come into a beautiful place that is transcendent, do we? You know, I love visual things, so if I work, at, you know, go into a church and it's stunning and it's beautiful and there's artwork and there are flowers. I mean, you're all beautiful and you make up for it. But the, sc- the school itself, um, forgive me, Jane. Is it <laughs> I mean, it's lovely, but it's it's quite corporate in its look. It hasn't got that sense, perhaps, of transcendence. And we're reliant, actually, on the beauty and the creativity of each other and of God but actually transcendence and awe, do we come on a Sunday? And maybe there's a check in my own spirit here as well. Do we come on a Sunday thinking, I am gonna meet with almighty God? Or do we sort of, come on, oh, I'm going to come, I'm going to see my friends. Gonna, you know, There's a balance here. Some of you know at Christmas that I talked, and forgive me if you've heard this story, but it is relevant. I talked about the carer that was new at Christmas that came to look after my dad, who'd read the notes that said um, that dad had been a Samaritan for over 50 years. She didn't read that. She thought he'd been a Samurai. And uh, she came and she said, all right, you need to know that my boys want to meet with you. They're so excited that I'm coming to treat you today. And I was thinking, she's slightly over the top here. I mean, he's lovely, but that seems a bit too much. But she said, But you are samurai. You're a samurai, and my boys want to come and see you. And uh, I was in the other room thinking, Right, you know, dad was a Samaritan for over 50 years, but not a samurai warrior. And, and actually, he'd have made a good one, I think. But uh, we said, You should milk this dad and, you know, work the care system or whatever to your advantage. But there is something about how we were parented that affects how we view God. And so for some, when we think of awe and fear of God, we think, well, actually, Judy, I don't want any more of that because that's what I grew up with. You know, I grew up with this distant sort of head teacher kind of God that was gonna punish me and tell me off. And if that's you, please hear that that's not what we're saying here. But the danger is through friendship with Jesus and through entering in and being able to call on his name whenever we want to, for knowing that he is friend as well as Saviour, that we've almost gone too far the other way and that we've forgotten that we, when we pray like this believer's prayer, we pray to the Almighty God, who is God of all creation, who is truly awesome, who is truly other, who is truly powerful. And what happens when they get in the room and Peter and John share with the other disciples is they say, We were asked to be quiet, but we couldn't but help but speak of what we had seen and heard. We couldn't help but speak about what we had seen and heard. And in this year of invitation as church, and there's been a real brilliant sense of that, people inviting people along to things, but we still need way more of that sense of invitation whether you invite them to here or a community group a life group an open lunch whatever that is that actually it's because we can't help but want to share who this God is it's not a sense of I must do my homework it's a sense of as we do try praying or whatever it is it's out of our worship out of our intimacy with God that we think why would I keep this quiet and that's what's going on in the book of Acts, but it's also going on here and now. And the danger is that we read this and we think, well, that will happen then, but is it possible now? And I would say the answer is yes, that it is possible now, that we serve an almighty, powerful God who we can stand in awe of and still call friend. I think it's significant that when um, Peter and John gather the believers together for the believers prayer, that they begin by saying, you are the God of the heavens, you are the God that put the fish in the sea, you're the God of everything, before they ask anything of him. And actually, as we come to God, sometimes again, there's that sense of wanting things from him, rather than just saying, you did that, God. And it is incredible that you truly are awesome in the true sense of the word. Uh, how many people here have read the lovely book by Kenneth Graham, Wind in the Willows? We used to have it read to us as children, right? Quite more over this side, but quite a few of us. And uh, uh, there's a lovely bit in that uh, with the, the different creatures, there's the, the kind of protagonists, if you like, if you can call them that, a mole and ratty. And uh, they go to meet with the god of Pan, their god, if you like. And they actually get to be in his presence. So a real awesome moment for them. And as they come into the presence of the God of Pan, Uh, Mole whispers to Ratty, are you afraid? And uh, Ratty replies, afraid of him, never. And then he says, and yet I am afraid. And I think there's something in that 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 sounds like a contradiction, but actually when we think about it, are we afraid of God? It's a kind of a yes and no, isn't it? Afraid of him as my friend, as my saviour, as the person that I'm close to, the person of Jesus? Yes and no, because the Bible does say we do need to fear God. That actually that fear of God is, is really what helps us worship, what helps us stay blameless, what helps us confess our sins when we know that we've hurt and offended his spirit. But yet, through Jesus, through what we celebrate at Easter, we can enter in to all of the awesome presence that he has for us, the power that he has for us. And in this, in this Believer's Prayer, it really, it talks about um, our witness, the second thing it talks about is our worship, refueling our worship and the fact that we were created to worship. Psalm 96 says, worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness, tremble before him all the earth. And, and there are times in our lives when his presence is so tangible that actually we think, I don't ever want to move from here. Those transcendent moments. And there's nothing I have found that we can do that formulates how that happens. They're they're elusive moments. We try and do exactly the same thing as we did last time, but it's just not the same because of the power of the Spirit and because He does really blow and do what He chooses, where He chooses, as the Bible says. There's a great quote on uh, gratitude by John Milton. Gratitude, I believe, is one of the things that as a culture, we need to learn way more. We see it in other cultures way better than our culture, and it it can get eroded from our lives. But this is what John Milton says, gratitude bestows reverence, allowing us to encounter everyday epiphanies, those transcendent moments of awe that change life forever, sorry, that change forever how we experience life and the world. And they they come unbidden sometimes, those transcendent moments, and as we said, sometimes we have an appetite for them. But I do believe, as we look at this Try Praying, as we come to an end of this series, that the onus is partly on us to say, actually, I'm going to set aside some time maybe this week just to stand in awe of who he is to go for a walk and just remark to him on all the splendor of his park or his beauty wherever you are, or actually just to worship God and tell him we love him without asking anything of him. And that's quite a discipline, isn't it? Because actually, sometimes when we get into his presence, we can lose that sense of just wanting to worship him for who he is, rather than to ask anything of him. Now they do that first, but then if you look at the passage as it goes on, they actually say because of who you are and how awesome and how powerful God is, he is able to make a difference in this world. They talk about the fact that actually, even though this man was healed, uh, there is more to come. The Holy Spirit reassures them that there is more to come for them. And uh, Ravi Zachariah has written, I think, a brilliant, brilliant quote on this in terms of this kind of ambivalence that we feel between almighty and almighty. He says this, when God is our Holy Father, sovereignty, holiness, omniscience do not terrify us, they leave us full of awe and gratitude. Sovereignty is only tyrannical if it is unbounded by goodness. Holiness is only terrifying if it is untempered by grace. Omniscience is only daunting if it is unaccompanied by mercy, or taunting as it says there. Um, But isn't that brilliant? I think that is so right that actually We can fear God with a knowledge of his mercy. That actually he is awesome and actually he is merciful. As we hear in uh, in Psalm 23, surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. That this God of all creation, all power, all knowledge, and actually who holds this world, even when it seems to us that it's spinning out of control when we look at the news, that actually nothing will stand against the power of God. If you look at the passage Once they've talked about the power of all creation, they then turn to perhaps the political state, remembering that they're being opposed, that they're being persecuted, that people around them have tried to repress this message. They say this, why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. And so they actually, in the believers prayer, they come together and they say, God, you're still in control, even when it looks like things are really, really spinning out of control. And for you personally, that's a reminder today that the God of all creation is interested in us, that yes, he is sovereign, but he is good. Yes, he is holy, but he is full of grace and that actually both are available in Christ. Um, we've had a, a few weeks at church where some brilliant things have been happening, some really good things with the try praying We're gonna share some of those stories with one another in a few weeks' time. Some fantastic things that God has been doing. But also with that, as we've stepped out with multi-site, we've stepped out praying, as we've really rallied the churches together in Birmingham come in unity. You've seen it on buses. Who's seen a bus yet? There must be quite a few of us. Right, a lot of you've seen try praying on buses, stories of people talking to friends and colleagues, uh, really simply using that booklet. And it occurred to us that the same time really as all of this was going on, there's some real real disappointments in people's lives and some real concerns uh, involving marriages, involving families, not only things nationally, but personally as well going on. And we felt as a leadership a real call to get the church together to pray to, if you like, create this this environment where the believers come together and pray for a half-night of prayer, to pray for our world, to pray for our nation, to pray for brothers and sisters globally, but also to pray for one another. And two words that came to us particularly were distraction and discouragement. And actually, we're in, the, in, in a vision, we're only part way through, and some of these things can happen to distract us, but also to discourage us. And we wanted to stand with one another, whether that's you or whether that's not you. We wanted to come together, and Andy will say more about this in the announcements at the end, but in a couple of weeks' time, on a Friday night, we're starting at nine o'clock at Riverside House and going through to one o'clock in the morning uh, to come together and worship, to tell this awesome God that we love him, that we trust him and we believe for his intervention in people's lives and in what's going on in our world and we'll be we'll be praying if you can't make it because you're on a night shift or you've got young ones or for whatever reason you can't, what we'll do is we'll send out what we will be praying for um, but I would encourage you to be there if you possibly can because there will be things that God will do on the night that we won't know in advance that he will do and we really believe for that. So if you can get babysitting, Andy made a lovely offer that everyone would get babysitting if you wanted to come so do talk to him about that I'm interested to see how that will happen Uh, but he made a lovely promise in first service so I'm looking forward to that Um, but but I know exactly what he means he means don't let logistics really stand in the way of you getting there if at all possible and if there's anything we can do to help you get to that uh, prayer gathering and that's instead of what would have been tomorrow night our regular prayer gathering because many people are away Um, but we would love to do that, and uh, to really do as the the, the disciples do here, to say death will not have the victory, and it hasn't had the victory, that actually at Easter time we celebrate the fact that actually death is defeated, and uh, that we, we do celebrate eternity with him if we're believers. So finally, as we look at this, as we look at this passage, as we perhaps think about our world, we hear this statement at the end, after they have had prayed, the place where they're meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. I used to think that actually you could have a good dose of the Holy Spirit that would make you feel better, because the first time it happened for me, I just, I just encountered God in a way I never had before when I was filled with the Spirit at the age of 19. And I thought, I want more of that. But what I didn't understand was that I wanted more of that for me because it had made me feel so peaceful, so hopeful. And actually, What the Holy Spirit is there for is that out of that feeling, we go and speak boldly of who he is. Out of that equipping of the Holy Spirit, it's not just there for a nice time for us, it's actually an empowerment that as we breathe him in, we can't help but breathe him out. That actually as we encounter his spirit, then actually there's something then that we want to go and speak of, of his goodness, of his awesomeness in the true sense of the word. That he is powerful, that he is awesome. And I don't know whether the building will shake when we meet on Friday the 16th or whether it won't, but I do know God is able. I do know that he's able to show his power in a whole host of ways. When the, uh, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, quite a few years ago now actually, uh, there was um, an earthquake. Uh, in our town and actually Dudley where I lived was the epicentre of that earthquake yes and there are many good things about Dudley but that was just one of them we were the epicentre we had national news we had cameras in the morning saying about the epicentre now that night interestingly we as churches together in Dudley had had a night of prayer we'd had a night of prayer. Now, I don't know, (laughs) it'd be lovely to be able to say that we'd asked for God to shake the building. I don't think we had, if I'm honest. But we had come together, united as believers in Dudley, and we had prayed and prayed and prayed for our world, for our nation, for what was going on in Dudley. And I remember lying in my bed that night thinking, wow, (laughs) is this it, God? Uh, It wasn't that dramatic, it was slightly exaggerated, I think, when I heard people uh, talking to news crews in the morning, you know, saying things like, the wife was thrown across the room, and I was thinking i don 't think it, that actually happened, um, but it was it was a trembling, and whether we believe that 's God or not, there is a sense that God speaks and things happen, things change in our lives. We know in Acts 16 that they praise God. Paul and Silas have every reason to be cross with God, every reason to be disaffected and disappointed, and many of us do feel like that. But instead, they say, no, you are God, you are bigger, you are higher, you are able and suddenly the earthquake comes. And often we want the earthquake before we actually have the time of awe saying who he is and what he is able to do in our lives. So we're gonna just spend the next few minutes doing just that, uh, just really standing in awe of who God is and taking our lives afresh in all of our brokenness, in our disappointments, in our hopes, in the great things that God is doing and in the tough things that we're living in. To say, God, you are God, you are awesome, you are powerful, you are able and also you have ripped that curtain through that once meant that awe and fear divided us but now because of Jesus we can enter in to his awesome presence to breathe in his spirit and to go out and make a difference in our nation and in our world.